And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a detective adventure with Michael Shane from 1945, but it's time now for Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular songs, and two Hollywood 360 listeners... Jake and Jillian will play against me and see if they can name that tune. Right, Lisa? That's right. So this is my daughter, Jillian, and that's her boyfriend, Jake. And we're going to see how they do with 1970s classic rock songs way before their time. All right. So you actually have a chance here, Carl. But here's the thing. They get to team up against me. Right, but they're so young, the 1970s, I don't know. That's true. We'll see how it goes. All right, so we're just shouting out the name, right? The title of the song, not the band. What if I get the band? Right. Doesn't give me any... No, you actually lose a half a point for not following directions. Okay, I'll try to... Okay, here's the first song. Okay. Hotel California. That is exactly right. Jillian. Who's the band? That's um, uh, that's the Eagles. Eagles. That's yeah, exactly yeah. right. Wow. Um, from the album called Hotel California, released in 1977. So Jay, Jake, and Jillian, Jay and Jay team, are up. Team Jay. Team Jay. Heard the mission. You like the song? Yeah. This is a good one. I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven or this could be You're hell. a good singer, Carl. Could be H-E double hockey sticks. You're an excellent singer. Did you ever tour with Eagles? They, they asked me to, but oh. I was I was busy. I was busy. touring with Springsteen at the right. time. Right, so you were kind of so, busy. Yeah. Great. All right. All right, moving on to the next good job. classic song. Good job. There's a sign on the wall, but she wants to be sure. Because you know sometimes words have... Stairway to Heaven. That's it. Speak up. You've got it. Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Great job. I'm getting my... Released in 71. Butt kicked over here. (laughs) (laughs) This was composed by the guitarist Jimmy Page and vocalist Robert Plant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Heard this song once or twice. Have you? In my life. Familiar with it? Yes. Great job. Let's go, Team J. What's wrong with me? I got to take a Are you Prevagen. letting us win? Hang on. No, I got to take Carl a Carl will never let you win. I got to take a Prevagen. Hang on a second. <laughs> Hang on. He doesn't let anyone win. He's very competitive. <laughs> All right. Now, forget now about you're ready. it. You guys are you're in trouble now. Okay, here we Prevagen. go. You're ready? Here's the third song. <laughs> All right. 
time ago. American Pie. Yep. Don McLean. That's right. Come on, That man. was fast. Oh, Recorded gosh. and released on the American now Pie album, 1971. I'm getting my that I could make butt kicked over here. Well, that's typical. B-U-double-T. <laughs> like H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> Same thing. February, you know, this is a song was all about the uh, the plane crash that killed um, Buddy Holly and a bunch of other great rock and rollers. Yeah, Sarah. I'm glad they're getting these because for a second I, I thought I was going to feel old. Because <laughs> yeah. I've listened to all of these too. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I haven't even gotten one right yet. Well, there's still time, Carl. You keep trying. Inside the day, the music died. All right. Talk about classic. This is about as class as it gets. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Here's the next song. (sighs) You know this one, Carl. uh, Toured with them. Road, uh, the road, road something, road runner, road runner. Mimi, <laughs> this is Springsteen. It is. You toured with them. Come on, you know. This is glo- uh, glory, glory, glory days. Glory days. Glory. We're at a loss. Do you know the song though? Are you familiar with I've it? I've heard of. I've heard it, but I don't know what it's called. I have not heard this. You song. know this song, Carl. Born to run. Born to run. Oh, got one. <laughs> That's because they didn't know this one. Wow, I born got to one. run. Baby, we were born to run. Released in '75, this is one of the greatest albums of all time. Oh it? yeah! Wow, what a for us old folks. Yeah, when I was touring with them, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but you couldn't remember the name of the song. It's been well, it must it's been, be a while. It's been a while, you know. It's been about a year or so. Yeah. All right. Do you remember all the words from the tour? No. Were you kind of in the corner? No. All right, okay. so it's three to one. <laughs> I got a long way to dig myself <laughs> out here. Here's the next song. Dream on? Yes. What? Dream on. Aeros- What's yes. going on over here? How'd you know that one? Way to I'm go. I'm a 70s Wow, Dream on by Aerosmith, right? Steven Jeez. Tyler. Right. It was You're their good. first major hit released in 1973. Man. I'm impressed. Chilling. Why would they not know this song? Well, because they're so young. Because they were born in the 90s or something. No, they were born in 2000. Oh, my God. (laughs) You guys are young. (laughs) This is way before their time. I know. Like Paul, like Paul Masson. I'm really, I'm really impressed. Not gonna lie, I know a lot of these from Glee. From Glee. I'm impressed. All right, we've got one more song. Oh, I can't. This is a tough one. All right, I can't wait. Here's the last one. This is uh, Chicago. Chicago. I always know the band. Big fan of Chicago. Uh, Time. Something about time. Something about it. Uh, What time is it? (laughs) Um, What time is it? That's not the title. I really know what time it is. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Does anybody really know what time it is? Chicago included on their debut album, Chicago Transit Authority. Released in 1970. Carl, you got two out of six. Does anybody really care about time? Do you know the song? Why? I don't. Oh, wow. I don't know the song. 
time enough for time. But you know the band. See, I would have yeah. guessed that they wouldn't have known this one. Right. Man, I am super impressed. I am I thought, too. I thought I was going to. What are they going to win, Carl? Oh. Some Hollywood 360 gear, for like, sure. I don't know. Probably something. Something really, really good. Really good, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Maybe gonna, a hat? I'm going to make them a uh, origami uh, air paper, like little, like a little dragon or something out of paper. I would again. like to see you I'll do like, that. Yeah. If you can make them an origami dragon, I will take a picture of it and post it for everyone to well, see. Well, you won't be taking any picture then because I can't do <laughs> I it. I think so. All right. Well, you guys are great. Jake and Jillian, fantastic. Good I'm job. very impressed. And it was so great to have you here live in the studio And those us. are great songs, Lisa. I know. You know great two songs. Two weeks in a, w- a row, you have you have impressed oh, me with this. Oh, two weeks! I've two been weeks. here for fifteen two years. Of, right, <laughs> two weeks out of sixteen years. Right, you, I liked your. I'm gonna keep trying. Yeah, I'm gonna keep working at it. All right, when we come back, it's Michael Shane Detective. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Davis Dresser, under the pen name Brett Halliday, created the Michael Shane character in the late 1930s. And Michael Shane was the reckless, redheaded Irishman. He was a hard-boiled private eye. He was Miami-based. He was a vigilante detective, Lisa, similar to Mike Hammer. And um, there was a bunch of movies. And then, of course... Radio On radio, Wally Mayer played Michael Shane. A little later, Jeff Chandler played him. But we have a Wally Mayer episode, and Kathy Lewis stars or co-stars with him as his gal Friday, Phyllis Knight. This is uh, the second one. It's uh, from June 11th, 1945. Here's part one now of The Adventures of Michael Shane Detective. The Adventures of Michael Shane, Private Detective. The people who make 76 gasoline and Triton Motor Oil, Union Oil Company, present... The Adventures of Michael Shane, Private Detective, starring Wally Mayer and Kathy Lewis. As San Francisco's busiest private detective, Mike Shane can be found at almost any hour at almost any spot in the city, except one, perhaps, his apartment. Yet right now, that is just where we find him. Of course, he's there only long enough to pick up his overcoat and two theater tickets. Waiting impatiently in the hall doorway is his attractive assistant, Phyllis Knight. Mike, what's keeping you? I can't find the tickets. Oh, fine. Fine, the master detective. Oh, I know, I know. I left them in my other suit. Say, Mike. Mm? Somebody's coming up your stairs. A strange woman. Yeah? I don't know any strange women. You better not. Your date's with me tonight. Good evening. Is this the apartment of Michael Shane? Yes, it is. And you're Mrs. Shane? <laughs> well, no, no. I'm his assistant, Phyllis Knight. Oh, I'd like to see Mr. Shane. It's very, very important. Well, we were just going I'm out. I'm sorry you... to impose, but I'm afraid it's a matter of life and death. Would you tell him that, please? That's all right. I uh, I heard it. Oh, Mr. Shane, 
You are Mr. Shane? Yes, yes. Come in, come in. My name is Mary Noble. I I arranged to be in your neighborhood tonight, Mr. Shane. I, I had to talk to you. Yes? Oh, won't you sit down? Oh, thank you. I brought my friends to visit some people across the street at the El Tavar Apartments. Then I slipped away so I could see you without them suspecting. I don't understand. Without who suspecting? Mr. and Mrs. Pringle and Chico. Chico? Uh, that's Mr. Savadell. Oh. I told them that I'd stay in the car that I needed fresh air. You see... Uncle Briggs lets me go out only with his friends. Hmm? People who will spy on me and, and tell him what I do. Chico says he loves me, but I, I know that I'm not pretty. He wants my money. Now, just a second. You said Uncle Briggs. Would that be Briggs Noble? Yes, the rich, the upright Mr. Briggs Noble. I'm his niece, and he's trying to poison me. Oh, now, really? You don't mean that, I'm sure. Oh, but I do. For the past two weeks, I've had strange sick spells. I'm sure it's the poison. What does your doctor say? I... I haven't had a doctor. Hmm? I, I've never told anyone, but... But I can't stand it any longer. Uncle Briggs wants me out of the way. I'm a burden. I can't imagine you being a burden to a millionaire. That's what's so strange. He's rich, yet he wants more and more money. Next month, I'll be 21, and, and then I inherit my father's money. It's in trust for me. Uncle Briggs wants my money. That's the only way I can explain it. And uh, just what do you want me to do? Talk to my uncle. Warn him that you know everything. You'll protect me. Be my bodyguard. Oh, now, Miss Noble, I'm not that kind of a detective. You don't believe me, do you? Well, I, I can't say. I'm not sure. I might talk to your uncle, but I I'm certain you've uh, imagined things. I see. I thought you really helped people. Hmm? But I was wrong. No one will help me. No one. Miss no Noble, one. now, if you'll tell me... Wait a minute. Miss Noble. Well, that gal certainly got off the merry-go-round backwards. Mm -hmm. She seemed perfectly reasonable when she first walked in. But that talk of being a burden on a rich uncle, spied on by his friends, and, and poison. I don't know. She walked the fence between sanity and, well, the opposite. She was scared, Blue, anyway. She almost got me going. People do talk strangely when they're in terror. She said those friends were across the street. Mm-hmm. The Altavar. Yeah, that's right. I'll tell you what. Let's go after her. There. There she is, Mike, hmm? crossing the street. Yeah. Miss Noble. Mary Noble. Mary. Mary, stop! Mike, that taxi! Mike! Honest, mister, she fell right in front of my cab. I didn't run over her. Listen, she's dead, isn't she? Uh, I'm telling you, I saw her fall. You mean she tripped? No, no, she slumped in a heap right in front of me. I didn't hit her. Maybe he's right, Mike. Mm -hmm. Look at her dress here. There's no dirt from the wheels. She wasn't dragged. Sure, I stopped in time. My bumper hardly touched her. Yes. My. Yes, it's Mary. Maria, Maria. Oh, oh. heavens. Is she... Yes. What happened? She... She's dead. She's dead? Oh, William, I told you we shouldn't have left her in the car. Well, she said she wanted some fresh oh, air. How no. could we know this would happen? I, uh, I take it you are Mr. and Mrs. Pringle? Why, uh, yes. Uh, do we know you, sir? No, I'm Mike Shane, a private detective. Oh. This girl just left my apartment. Oh, so oh. that's where she went. Huh? She got out of the car and said she wanted to take a walk. You her chauffeur? Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I don't understand, sir. Why did Mary go to you? She thought somebody was trying to kill her. 
that her life was in danger. Ah, rubbish. Tommy rot. The girl imagined things. Maybe not, Mr. Pringle. You're a good friend of my boss, but I don't oh, mind saying... Oh, shut up, Dan, for heaven's Please, sake. gentlemen, gentlemen. Poor May. She lies dead. What must we do? We must go call an ambulance. We'll call more than an ambulance, honey. We'll call the inspector. <laughs> misunderstand me, Mike. It's a sad case, but you admit yourself she was neurotic. This poison business was all in her mind. Possibly, Inspector. Possibly, but the only way you can be sure of it is to investigate. You ask for an autopsy, Mike. All right, I've ordered it against my own judgment. That's as far as I can go. You know, we really don't have any proof, Mike. Maybe she just had a heart spell and fell in front of the taxi. Police certainly can't investigate Briggs Noble on such weak evidence. He comes from one of the oldest families in San Francisco. He's rich. Society. Murder isn't his line, Mike. All right, Inspector, all right. But will you do one thing more for me? What is it? Go out with us to see Briggs Noble. Oh, Mike, you're the most stubborn. We've got to know what we're talking about first. I'll do the talking if you want. I'll take the blame. But I want you there in case. Wait a second. Yes? Autopsy report, sir. Mary Noble. Examination of stomach shows heavy dose of poison. Mike, you were right. Sergeant, what was the poison? Arsenic? Well, I can't tell, sir. Autopsy surgeon says the victim's hands are clenched tight and toes turned under. He says that the same symptoms of a rare native poison from South America. I see. Mike, is there anything you want to ask him? No. No, just tell him if they find anything else to call you at the home of Briggs Noble. Mike, Phyllis, and the inspector have just entered the ornate library of Briggs Noble. Noble stands in front of the fireplace. This is the first time I've had the pleasure of meeting you, Mr. Shane. I'm told you already know my friends here? Yes, yes, but the inspector doesn't. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Pringle, Mr. Savadell, and of course my chauffeur, Dan Casey. How do you do? I imagine, Mr. Shane, that you've come here to tell me my niece appealed to you for protection. Yes, she did, Mr. Noble. I told your friends that. Yes. Poor girl. I never understood her. She was so moody. Hmm? I tried to make her happy. Gave her everything she asked for, except the one thing she really wanted. Her pretty face. So she chose the final remedy. You mean she committed suicide? What else? You throw herself under a taxi cab? It's not that simple, Mr. Noble. The autopsy shows she was not killed by the taxi. Really? No, she was poisoned. What? Poisoned? Oh. Why? Quite bent on death, wasn't she? Perhaps not, sir. You see... We think she was murdered. Oh, no. No. Did she have any enemies, Mr. Noble? None. Nor many friends. I suppose that was the trouble. Do any of you know if she was sick during the past couple of weeks? Why, yes. I remember one day I hmm? was driving her and Mr. Savadell. Uh, she almost fainted. You remember it, sir? I, uh, I remember. Did she tell you, Mr. Savadell, that she planned to see a detective tonight? No, I, I come in. Mr. and Mrs. Pringle are with her. I... I give Marie a box of candy. We make small talk. Mm -hmm. She keeps saying we must all go visit some friend. But uh, that is all. It's difficult to remember. Mm. Mr. Noble, your niece said she was to come into an inheritance on her 21st birthday. Where will that money go now? Well, I'm the last member of the family. It'll come to me. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. I know. Our family has had a tragic history. All violent deaths. Mm. My brother Edward died in a shipwreck off China. My nephew, Grant Noble, disappeared in his plane over Brazil. Dodd Noble, Mary's father, was crushed in a train wreck. 
Aren't the women alive? No. Edward and Dodd married, but their wives are gone too. It's been very, very depressing. Mr. Noble, it's uh, time to be frank with you. Your niece came to me for protection from you. She said you were trying to poison her. Why, that's fantastic, Miss... Mm, she thought that about me. Poor girl. I told you she had strange moods. It's a very weak explanation, sir. You admit she had no enemies and that you would inherit her estate. Why should I want her money? I have more now than I want. You gentlemen don't realize the penalties of wealth. That's neither here nor there, sir. Mary Noble was poisoned. She named you. It's my duty to determine the facts. I see, Inspector, that you're determined to make me out a murderer. All I can say is this. I'm not guilty. But, Mr. Noble... Furthermore, if you insist upon bringing charges against me, I'm a man of wealth and power. I can employ the best legal counsel. I think you'd look very embarrassing in court. It would not benefit your reputation. I see. Thank you for the warning, sir. And good night. It sounds like a full orchestra. This was probably a big, big, big production because uh, full, full. That wasn't just an organ there. Right. That was the full orchestra. And this was a mutual uh, broadcasting system. And they did employ a full orchestra on some mutual shows. The Shadow was one of them. And uh, this one in particular, um, Michael Shane. Wally Mayer starring as uh, the red-headed, reckless Irish detective. Kathy Lewis as his gal pal, Phyllis Knight. Uh, this is called The Mary Noble Murder Case, June 11, 1945. We'll get back to it in just a few minutes. Don't forget, folks, if you want a full podcast sent to you every Monday of our full show, a full five-hour Hollywood 360 show, along with our Radio Rarities podcast, Go to our website, hollywood360radio.com. At the very top of the website, you can sign up. It's only $5.99 a month, and you will get the show weekly sent to you. So about a buck fifty a week covers our costs to send it to you. We're not trying to make money on it. We just want to cover our costs to send you the full podcast. Or you can call our number, 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. An operator will uh, answer all of your questions. If they don't answer, just leave your phone number and uh, they'll call you back. All right, more of Michael Shane after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Look what I have here, Lisa. Oh, good old days. Oh, yeah. Oh, that looks like you in your baseball uniform. (laughs) This is the May-June 
issue. Um, I got to tell you, we we have been talking about good old days for many, many years here. They've been one of our sponsors, and we love them. And I got to tell you, and we have great sponsors, don't we? We have, we, like, Mies Meals, Cat's, Cat's Pride, and Prevagen, <laughs> and Good Old Days. And, and Woodman's. Woodman's, yeah. I mean, we we just have wonderful, wonderful sponsors. And um, what's super great about Good Old Days is if there was a if there's this radio show were a magazine, it would be Good Old Days. So if you like this radio show, you will like Good Old Days. It's the perfect fit. It's like hand in glove because Good Old Days magazine remembers the best of times. It really, really does. It's published six times a year. It's a full color eight and a half by eleven magazine. Featuring dozens of nostalgic stories and vintage photos, home cooking recipes, original illustrations, quizzes, vintage advertisements, and you know what? Those home cooking recipes, Lisa, you could you could really you could use uh, I, use those as could you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't cook. Not our strong. That's why suit. I love these meals. <laughs> Same. <laughs> you know, um, and this magazine is uh, normally if you were to get. You know, a two-year subscription, 12 issues. Anyone else other than Hollywood 360 listeners have to pay $71.88. And that's still a bargain, 12 you know, twelve issues for only $71.88. But guess what? If you are a Hollywood 360 listener, you only pay $18. $18 for, for two 12, years. Yeah, 12 issues. Yeah. And that's a 75% savings. So... It's really easy to get the magazine. Everyone that gets it loves it. I get tons and tons of emails from people saying, oh, my gosh, am I glad that you uh, have uh, talked about good old days because it's so much fun to read this magazine. And I write an article, full-page article in every issue about classic radio. And then there's a special website you can log on and digitally download an episode of that uh, radio show that I'm writing about. So I am a writer for this magazine. I'm very proud of that. I've been doing that for many years. So just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com, and you scroll down, you'll see a banner for good old days. Click that. It takes you to a special page where you can get this 75% savings. Plus, they'll also send you a really fun free gift just for signing up. So uh, save uh, 75%. And get 12 issues, two full years, Hollywood360radio.com. Click the Good Old Days banner, and uh, there's a page to sign up. I know you'll love it. We love it. I can't wait till I get my new issue. Every single, every two months, I get a new one. And uh, right now, the May-June is out, and it's great. Um, good Old Days, we love them. And we're listening to a really good detective adventure, Michael Shane, Private Eye. This is called... The Mary Noble Murder Case, June 11th, 1945, stars Wally Mayer and Kathy Lewis. Here's the conclusion. Well, I don't mean to tell you boys your own business, but why didn't you search the house for poison? Well, for one thing, the killer would be smart enough to remove it. Second, I don't think Noble is our man. He has no motive. Now, don't tell me the brave inspector is scared out No, no. Uh... Look at it this way, Mike. Uh... Poison is one of the subtlest types of murder. Mm-hmm. The killer figures that because nobody sees him actually give the victim poison, no jury will convict him on circumstantial evidence. Noble has a perfect alibi. She committed suicide. 
He ought to know. He's our uncle. If it were suicide, the girl would hardly run to Mike to protect her life and then take poison. Unless she hated her uncle enough to try to frame him with her murder. Well, let's get rid of this suicide alibi right now. Inspector, if she took poison, it must have been in some container. Uh-huh. Now, we didn't find anything suspicious in her purse, but she would have to leave the bottle someplace. Now, where was she just before she died? In your apartment. But she didn't swallow anything there. And before that, she was in her car. So how about giving that a quick once-over, huh? Okay by me. Suppose it's the car over there by the driveway? Well, we'll find out. Uh-huh. It's a limousine with a chauffeur's compartment. Here, here's the light switch. See anything, Mike? Mm, mm, magazines, lap robe, newspapers and stuff. Ah. Now, there's nothing under this cushion. No, no bottle. Well, then she didn't have any poison with her in the car. That still doesn't rule out suicide. Hey, wait a minute, Inspector. What? We've been a couple of dopes. Mary accused her uncle. We accepted that and forgot everyone else. Got anybody in mind? Yes, the autopsy report said Mary's hands and toes were curled up tight, the symptoms of a South American poison. Who in that house there is uh, is a Latin? Savadell. Of course. That's enough for me, kids. We're making a round trip right now. But of course, gentlemen, I am from South America. My my father was a trader in the Amazon River. Then maybe it's more than coincidence that Mary was killed by a rare native poison from South America. What? Why, you didn't tell us that. A poison from... Ah, Santa Maria... Gentlemen, this is bad. You're telling us. No, you do not understand. You have not been in this room before. Look on the walls. Hmm? Mr. Noble has poison spear, poison arrow, poison darts. All from South America. So, what about this, Mr. Noble? It's true. Oh, fine. Pringle brought them to me from Ecuador. They were poisoned, but not now. I had the stuff all soaked off when I mounted them. Mr. Pringle, is it possible to use that poison after it's been removed? Uh, Well, I don't know. The uh, natives in South America use a number of poisons. They act in different ways. I can assure you that Mary did not die of poison from this collection. Ah? Where she procured it is a question for you detectives. You still insist it was suicide? I do. Mike. Hmm? Maybe there's another way we can settle that. Yeah, what is it? Well, Mary seems to have been a very lonely girl. It's very common for lonely girls to keep diaries. Hmm? Well, if Mary kept one, perhaps it would tell us what she intended to do. Yes, yes, yes. I gave her a diary for Christmas. She always kept it on the top of the desk up in her room. Swell, then up to the bedroom we go. That's her desk over there by the window. Mm. And we'll find it on top, huh? That's right. It's a big green and gold book. Well, I I don't see it, Mike. Maybe it's in the drawer. No. No, just the usual stuff. Well, it's not here, Mr. Noble. No, that's very strange. Could she have hidden it? Well, I don't know if it's important enough to make a search right now. We'll go on with the question. Uh, Noble, do you mind if... You're you're going? Well, yes. uh, My wife and I'd like to get home. If there's nothing we can do for you, we'll say goodnight. Well, the inspector may not have done with you. Uh, Oh, I think so. If we need you, Mr. Noble can give us your address and phone number. Uh, uh, Yes, of course. Well, uh, good night, then. Uh, Mrs. Pringle. One moment, please. Pardon? Uh, Your purse... Hasn't it taken on weight very suddenly? I, 
What? May I look inside, please? Well, Mrs. Pringle? A diary. Why, well, I, I didn't know. Mr. Noble motioned to me to open my purse and he slipped something in. I, I didn't know it was a diary. You see, it's, it's a different color. I'll admit it. I misled you all. I slipped a diary into her purse while you were searching the desk. It certainly doesn't help your case, Mr. Noble. I didn't know what peculiar ideas Mary might have written down. I wanted to protect her memory. And yes, my reputation. Mike, hmm? you read anything in it? Mm, nothing very unusual so far. No mention of suicide. Mr. Savadell, I gather that you proposed to Mary. Oh, many times. We never followed up our questions with you either, sir. Uh, I know what you have in mind, but you were wrong. Did I kill the girl I love? No. Uh, uh, Mr. Inspector, excuse yeah? me. I realize this diary episode with my wife looked suspicious. Uh, but since Mr. Noble has admitted the fault, I think we're cleared. Uh, would you let us go home now? Tonight's been a great strain on my wife. Well, we'd all like to go well, home. Well, I, I wouldn't ask it, sir, but my wife is not in good health. I see. What do you say, Mike? Yeah, certainly, by all means. All right, Mr. Pringle. Thank you very much. Good night, good everybody. Night. Good, yeah, night. Uh, good night. Good night. And now, Mike? Wait. Okay. Now, Mr. Noble, if you please, the address of Mr. and Mrs. Pringle. I suppose you boys know this may be a wild goose chase. Oh, I don't think so, Angel. The Pringles were a little too anxious to get home. And I'm still not satisfied about that diary in the purse. They put on quite an innocent act. The way Noble came to their rescue. Yeah. There, there's the house, number 1511. Yeah, but it's all dark. That's funny. We drove slowly so we'd get here ahead of them. We wanted to catch them with whatever they're up to. Wait, Inspector. There's a light in the garage. Yeah. Okay, stop your engine, Mike. Close that door gently, Mike. Okay. Oh. Now, leave us walk on the grass so they won't hear us. And keep in the shadows. Look. Look. They're both in the garage. Let's cross the driveway. What in blazes are they doing? They got a bucket of... Uh-oh. Yeah. Pringle's got some of those javelins. Poison javelins. Soaking them in the bucket. All right. Let's make an entrance. This water isn't hot enough. It, it's got to be boiling. Well, I'll go heat a kettle then. Don't bother, Mrs. Pringle. You're in enough hot water right now. William! Shane! Inspector! What's the meaning of this? So you cook the spear points in hot water to extract the poison? I... I don't know. I was just trying to find out to see if it still had power. Mike, there's a car coming up the driveway. Why is he blowing the horn? Oh, I don't... Hey, cut it out. Get off that horn. There's something wrong. Come on. There's a man slumped over the steering wheel. I'll pull him off the horn. Okay, mister. Raise up. Holy jump. It's Savadel. Yes. Unconscious. But how? Who? Here's the answer. Remember the symptoms of that South American poison, tight clenched hands? Look.
ambulance has carried the unconscious Sabadell to the hospital. Mike, Phyllis, and the inspector have returned to the Pringle garage with Mr. and Mrs. Pringle. I, uh, I know it looks bad, gentlemen, but you didn't give us a chance to explain. Well, you've got your chance now, Mr. Pringle. Make the most of it. You were out here in your garage trying to get poison off two South American hunting spears. What for? Uh, well, because they're the same type spears I brought Noble from Ecuador. I wanted to collect the poison and send it to the police. So you people could compare it with the poison found in Mary's stomach. Yeah. Oh, you're suddenly very helpful, Mrs. Pringle, after you tried to smuggle Mary's diary away from the police. But I didn't mean to. That's what made William and I think Mr. Noble might be guilty after all. Looks to me like all three of you are in the same boat. At least we don't have to consider Savadell any longer. Yes. As I see it, Savadell was really in love with Mary. He tore over here to the Pringles for the same reason we did. Because he figured they were in cahoots with Noble. Then collapsed in his car from the same poison. Okay, but which of these three did it? And is the poison from these three spears? Wait a minute. I got a new angle, Inspector. Mary was killed by the poison. Savadell got enough of it to send him to the hospital, but... But nobody else has keeled over tonight. That's right. Then what did Mary and Savadell eat or drink that nobody else touched? Did all of you people eat dinner together? Uh, yes, we did. Well, then it's not the food. Did either of you see Mary or Savadell drink anything which you didn't? Not that I remember. Well, they must have a food or drink or something that... Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. How about candy? Savadell said he brought Mary a box tonight. Oh, he always did. Mary was a candy fiend. Ate chocolates all day long. Did you eat any tonight? Oh, no. They're much too sweet for me. And you, Mrs. Pringle? I never touched chocolates. Then they did eat something which you didn't. If Mary always ate chocolates, that would be an ideal way to give her the poison. The sugar in the stuff might slow down the effect. We may be wrong, but we've got to find that box of chocolates. Well, the last I saw of it, Mary and Mr. Savadell had it with them in the car. But we searched the car, Mike. Yes, honey, yes, but we were looking for a bottle of poison. We weren't thinking of candy. There was an awful lot of stuff in that car. We've got to look again, and it better be fast. I put the car in the garage here just a minute ago. Uh, if I'd known you fellows wanted to look at that's it... That's all right, Dan. That's all right. Thanks for letting us in. Sure. Uh, anything else I can do for you? No, thanks, Dan. Okay, if you want me, I'll be in my room. It's right overhead. All right. Okay, Dan. Thanks. We better look good this time, Mike. Yeah. You need more light in there? No, no. Did you find anything, Inspector? Uh-uh. No. Ah, nor I. Just the same stuff I found before. Uh, it's it's hopeless, Mike. No killer would poison the girl and leave a box, box of chocolates high and dry for the police. He wouldn't be that dumb. It isn't a question of dumbness, Inspector. It's a question of time. But he'd still get rid of the chocolates. We don't know where to look for them. Now, let me think. He wouldn't throw the chocolates out of the car. Somebody might pick them up and eat them. That means he must have brought them back here. Think, Inspector, think. Would he destroy the chocolates or hide them? He'd destroy them. That means the box, too. He'd have to burn it. I saw an incinerator on this side of the garage. Lead us to it, Angel. Mike, you, you got a hold of something. Well, pull it. Come on, pull it out. There. Here you are. The box of chocolates. Open it up. Hmm, they're mashed up a bit. But we can analyze them, and if the fingerprints aren't too must over... Well, they probably are. Wait a minute, honey. Yeah? Back at my apartment, didn't Mary say she had told no one ex no one else but you and me that her uncle was trying to poison her? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yet, yet one other person tonight seemed to know something about it. When we were looking at Mary's body, he made a crack about Noble. It was Dan Casey. 
Yes? Oh, Mr. Shane. Yeah, do you mind if we come in for a minute, Dan? Why, glad to have you. Dan, Dan, tonight when we found Mary Noble's body, I heard you start to tell Mr. Pringle that your boss could uh, stand some investigating. Well, I guess I was right, wasn't I? Mm, perhaps, but uh, before Mary came to me, she hadn't told her fears to a living soul. Yet you were able to name Briggs Noble. Well, you know, that's just one of those things. Mind if we take a little look around your room, Dan? Now, hold on. What is it you want? Well, here's uh, one thing we want on your dresser. This dish of chocolates here. What of it? Miss Mary gave them to me. You mind eating a piece? No, of course not. Hmm, that's it. Oh, by the way, I got a few more chocolates here in my pocket. It's the same kind. Huh? They had a few ashes on them, but I cleaned them off. Good as new. Yeah. Ashes? Yes, yes, from the incinerator. But I'll just add them to your dish here and mix them all around like that. Now, would you eat another? Yeah. I... Go on. Eat a piece. Eat two or three. No. No, I won't. No. I didn't think you would. Okay, Inspector, I think this is where you take over. You must have a drink. A cup of peace between the inspector and myself. Well, I guess I would drink to them. I can understand your suspicions of me, gentlemen, when I kept telling you it was suicide. But what gets me, Mr. Noble, is uh, how you could employ, uh, employ a chauffeur for months and not recognize him as your own nephew. You forget I hadn't seen him for over ten years. When he disappeared in his plane over Brazil, he was hardly more than a boy. Mm. But he was dead. The whole family thought he was dead. But, uh, Mr. Noble, he was Mary's cousin. Could he still inherit her money? Certainly. The inheritance was so arranged that it would go either to him or if dead to me. So he planned to disappear after tonight and come back in a few months as the long-lost heir. Quite a scheme. Chocolate-coated murder. Say, speaking of that, do you think there's a candy store open at this hour? I'd like to buy Phil a box of chocolates. Uh, uh, no, thanks, no. After tonight, I've lost my sweet tooth. Oh, but maybe when you see him, honey, nice, big, luscious bonbon. Mike Shane, you haven't given me a box of chocolates in years. If you do it now, I'll know what to expect. Oh, no, you won't, Angel. <laughs> oh, no, you won't. <laughs> Tune in again next week at 8 for another adventure with Michael Shane, Private Detective, starring Wally Mayer and Kathy Lewis, with Joe Forte as the inspector. Tonight's story was written by Richard DeGraff and based on the character created by Brett Halliday. Music was composed and directed by Bernard Katz. This is John Lang saying goodnight for the people who make 76 gasoline and Triton motor oil. Union Oil Company. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System. You know, this network got along with all the other networks. It was know? mutual, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was very mutual. <laughs> <laughs> June 11th, 1945. I think that was one of your three jokes, so I'm I, on to you. Well, I have the... You have uh, Ken Carpenter. Yeah, Ken and Carpenter. And you have the astronaut. You studied space. Right. You took and, up and, space. And for those who are listening that have not heard my <laughs> my astronaut joke, it's like, yeah, you know, when I was in college, I studied to be an astronaut. Really? Yeah, I took up space. So there's okay. that one. And, and there's the Ken Carpenter. Yeah, he uh, he was really good with his tool belt. 
And there's Wilbur down the hatch. Oh yeah, down Wilbur the hatch. hatch. Down the hatch. Um, and then there's the then there's the mutual joke. Right. So well, that's there's four also, jokes I, actually. There's a raft one too. Is a there? raft one? Is there? I don't know what's the raft one. But don't there, know that one. But there's the one where I say, um, um, I took a I take a bath once a week, whether I need to. You or already not. used that one tonight. I did that to you. Yeah. That's about it. And that's the about mutual. that's what I'm saying. That's so a, that's like five jokes. So, yeah, but I could use them over and over. Can you? Well, <laughs> but really, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Is there an expiration date on my joke? I mean, in theory, you can, but do they really work I over and over? I think so because I'm corny. That's the whole thing about me. I'm corny. I didn't pick up on that. And but I don't care. I embrace it. Mm-hmm. I'm corny. And that's okay because I don't because have a problem. You. I don't have a problem with corny. Right. Because corny is okay because it's not like I don't want to be edgy. I don't want I like corny is well, fine. Well, you can be corny but not repetitive. Those are not well, mutually exclusive. Well, but I don't have I just don't have the time to go and find I more jokes. I get you a joke book. Yeah, because I, don't have, I won't. I won't read it. I don't. Oh, because you don't read. <laughs> well, I read. I can read, but you I you know how to read. I know how to read. Okay, uh, but I don't read because it's uh, takes it's time, time consuming. It's time consuming. It I have is. a lot on you my plate. You have to use your brain while I mean, you do it. Yeah, so. I'm preparing for this it's show. I've got you know, classic things. radio. Club. You've got a lot of buttons to push. I have buttons. I have it's baseball. Now I'm playing about. baseball. I'm right. on two teams. I'm going to play like 60 games this season. Really? I mean, it's a lot of baseball. It is. You know, my shoulder already hurts. I've only played three games. Uh-oh, here we go. Uh, my back hurts. My knees it hurt. Age. I, I mean, you know, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm yeah. a two- Every two year teams. you say, I think this might be my last year. But, so I, I wouldn't read it. No. So don't, don't, don't. But waste, I'll read it to you. Don't waste your money. I could read it to you. No, don't waste okay. your money. <laughs> Time for this month in music history. All right, going back to 1971. This is um I can see it. I can hear it. I'm trying to think of the band. I know the band. Who is it? Um They're like a rebel band. I mean, I know that. Who is it? What's the band? Who's on first? <laughs> The Who. Exactly. The Who, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is Won't Get Fooled yeah, Again won't get by The Who, of, written yeah. by Pete Townsend, and it's at eight and a half minutes, the full version. And they from won't the, get uh, fooled again. From the album Who's Next, one of my all-time favorites. All right, thanks, Lisa sure. Wolf. More of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it's a terror episode of the Sealed Book. Plus, we're going to play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. That's right. These are songs used in movies. Songs used in movies. Ooh. Ooh. I like songs and I like movies. That's a good so pairing for stick you. stick around. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life 
are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.